It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And welcome in, everybody, to a special Thanksgiving edition of the High Low Sports Podcast. It is me, joined as always by my co-host, Kelsey, who we are forever thankful to get to do this podcast for the 102nd time now. Just continues to keep going. And Kelsey, what a great day to talk about. One of your top two favorite subjects, not named sports, food. Yeah. Oh, look, uh, my favorite holiday, period, Thanksgiving. Uh, this has uh, been, a, been, been a long long year for everybody, and we're finally into the more celebratory time of year. We got Thanksgiving, you got Christmas, Halloween just passed. It seems to be somebody's favorite holiday somewhere in this stretch of, of land. Uh, you know, you can't forget your your Kwanzaa's, your Hanukkah's in there as well. So look, this is a good time, you know, for all of us to get back in, in our families, just be thankful for everything we've done. And personally, I'm thankful we get to do this episode, get to do the show every week. This is absolutely entertaining. Um, but you know what I'm not thankful for? People who think salt and pepper do not belong in mashed potatoes. We're not even going to get started on that because I don't even count them as people that are allowed to be in the kitchen. Those are the people you tell to go play, go sit in the living room and watch the game as well, too. Like Those are the ones you aren't allowed. You give them a six pack and say, go run along now, honey. We got this. Don't worry. You don't need to help us. Like They're not allowed in the kitchen if they don't put salt and, salt and pepper in the mashed potatoes. But that's going to take us to our favorite part. We're going to do the tip-off as well as this week. And it's going to be a little bit different than normal because we're talking food. We're going to talk about our best Thanksgiving Day sides for the tip-off. So, Kelsey, I'm going to let you go first. I mean, obviously, we know this is presented by Dr. Squatch. Smell like a man, feel like a champion. You need your holiday stuff out there as well, too. Click on the link in our bio. Takes you right there. Some nice Black Friday deals going on as well, too. I know I stocked up, got some Christmas gifts, got some for myself. Maybe they were all for myself, but I'm going to say the Christmas gifts in the meantime. But, Kelsey, what do we have for your best Thanksgiving Day sides? Yeah, so, first of all, before we get into our sides, we actually did get a chance to pull our entire Twitter base just to see, you know, what some of the people out there loved. And to give you an idea of where where we're at, we're not we didn't do all the same foods that that we we pulled about, but just down the line. First up, the great stuffing versus dressing debate. You can see my thoughts on that one right here behind me. Um, I'll go ahead and you know pull this up here so you guys can see it a little bit better. Stuffing is obviously greater than dressing. Um, DJ, I'm sorry if you just disagree, but. No, that no, I was clapping because of full agreements. There is stuffing, and then there's a giant gap, and then somewhere down there is dressing after even everything besides cranberry sauce. And we're not the only ones that believe that. 71.4% of people polled during this was said dressing or said stuffing is the way to go. Only 7.1% said dressing. Now 14.3 did say both, and 7.1% said neither. And I imagine that 7.1% has just never tried really good stuffing. Like so. you, they just haven't had it before. Like they haven't had properly stuffed stuffing. They've just had kind of like the really dry stuff that has no flavor, no texture. They're the same people. They it was cooked by the same people that don't put the salt and pepper in the mashed potatoes. Exactly. Yeah. One hundred percent. Exactly correct. 
<laughs> so now, speaking of mashed potatoes, the goods, the sides, obviously, uh, is what I'm talking about. We had options between mashed potatoes, asparagus, biscuits, and rolls, which were combined into one, just because you never know. Some some people down south love biscuits. Some people, everybody else loves rolls. And then an other, and that's comment below. Well, uh, needless to say, mashed potatoes ran away with this one. As they should. Yeah, 84.6% said mashed potatoes. 7.7% said asparagus, which I, I can see it. That, like my family does bacon-wrapped asparagus occasionally. I can see that one for sure. Um, biscuits and rolls. Yeah, look, that's my backup. Like give me all of the all of the fiber. Give me all of the carbs. Give me all of the goodness. It's it's super delicious. Uh, love it all What uh, all around. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. I see Brew in the background. And speaking of family being thankful for family, it is one of those things. They're dogs, but they're entertaining, right? And they're. Well, you know what? I'd be thankful if I had a different place for him to stay right now as well, too, as he's trying to dig away and find what he's thankful for, which is probably some toy he lost. But I just want to say as far as the asparagus, the rolls, the mashed potatoes, I love all three of them, too. So, I mean, mashed potatoes is clearly number one, but asparagus and rolls, are they're right on the plate. Like, they're an option. It's like, I'll take you. I'll take you. I'll take two of you. I'll take three of you. Like, I'm definitely not turning any of those three down. Yeah, I mean, look, exactly. Like, I think that's that's, that's part of this whole this whole thing that makes it so tough is some of the picks that we had to make choices on. It's like, all right, well, I actually like all of them on my plate, but but which one are you going to give the last laugh to? And though that takes me to the meats though, because well, you know, it's all about the meats on Thanksgiving. (laughs) We had Turkey, ham, steak, or other as selections. And surprisingly, the only two that received votes were Turkey or ham. And (laughs) 76.9% say Turkey, 23.1% say ham. And you can honestly tell that this is a, that the people that were pulled in this have, never had dry turkey you could i mean the dry turkey i can understand why people pick ham it feels like it should always be turkey but there's something weird about a dry turkey where it kind of sucks the life out of where ham is it feels like it's almost hard to mess up if that makes sense as well too like it can either be great or it can be good whereas yeah. turkey can be great or it could be not so it could be pretty mediocre if it's not if it's not well done so i get that but it looks like as you mentioned most of the people we have they got some good cooks in the kitchen that aren't messing around they have properly salted and seasoned mashed potatoes and they have well-cooked turkey so I love both of them too. This is another one where I'm just like, yeah, we're gonna have a plate, one for the ham and one for the turkey, and we're just. This is why I have. This is why I have sweatpants with a waistband just cut out, ready to expand. For this yeah, the, the the picture I used was Joey from Friends saying, "These are my <laughs> these are my Thanksgiving pants." <laughs> if anybody knows anything about Thanksgiving pants, we all know the the way to go with that. Uh, finally, though, we're getting into the desserts. We had pie, pudding, cheesecake, and other. And now this one was the most controversial because I we received a lot of commentary on the other types of foods that we should throw in there as well. Um, this one was, so obviously pie, pie won, but it only won 58.8%. Pudding, 11.8%. Cheesecake, 23.5%. And other got 5.9%. And the others were sweet potato pie. How dare I leave out sweet potato pie from this? As people had to make sure that they, they mentioned that one. Uh, although Jim did say lemon meringue pie was one of his. Uh, Jade Ash show. Um, he got lemon meringue pie. Um, there's all sorts of different pies that people mentioned it in here, and it was yeah, mostly down to lemon meringue or sweet potato pie. And by the way, mac and cheese got a lot of votes for other. Uh, well, got comments for other, and then tamales because Hector, hmm. uh, he's like, I don't think we're talking about the same Thanksgiving, and he said got tamales. Uh, also, some tortas in there as well. So, uh, you know, maybe not the same holidays, but it's okay. But then there's the one that we can all get behind, and that is, what chore did you hate doing after you ate Thanksgiving dinner? Dishes, trash, Christmas decorating, or what chores? I don't do chores. Uh, The answer to that one is dishes, followed by Christmas decorating. Dishes won 42.9, Christmas decorating at 28.6. 
And then trash and what scores got split 14.3%. Uh, personally, I hated dishes. That was the one I hated because my grandma decided, well, our family growing up, we used the fine china. Hmm. And then there was just a point in time where my grandma was just like, eh, whatever. You guys can do whatever you want. And that was the greatest time to do dishes. But before that, the fine china, that was never fun. We cheated for dishes because nobody wanted to do. Everyone quickly gave their their own plate of rinse and then tossed in the dishwasher. We didn't mess around with that. Like it was already ready and cheated to go as well. Too like we started doing dishes before we even finished eating half the time. Too like we were already stacked and ready to go. Once everybody got their fill, the leftovers were thrown in. It was a it was a conglomerated team effort as well. And we do actually see a comment as well too saying hammer prime rib. That's a good one. That's I've never had prime rib on Thanksgiving. That's an interesting one though. But I'd probably lean towards ham in that particular case. Yeah, and then so we got sweet potato pie as well. And then banana pudding, yeah. And so, uh, shout out to my stepdad jumping in with the hammer prime rib. Um, some of the best meals we had were, were down there with his family. Uh, you know, the ham definitely being one. And I, I make I make the joke about the, the dry turkey mostly because of him, because uh, hmm. he was the first person I ever saw that never wanted to have turkey in his life because he had dry turkey growing up, and he was like, never again. I'll okay. never do it again. We will have steaks. We will have <laughs> prime rib. We will have ham. Never again. My mom talked him into convincing him to do it. Well, okay, we'll make a smaller turkey. And a ham at the same time. So I, I can get that as well, too. I mean, that one dry turkey will mess up for you because then you're exhausted, tired because of the trip to fans still slaps the same regardless. And then your mouth is dry and then your stomach kind of feels weird. Like, I, I get that. Like, one bad turkey can ruin it. You have to have the good one. You have to make sure you have a good experience before you get risky with the bad one. So I totally understand that. Absolutely. All right. So that does it with all the poll votes because obviously I just want to get our poll votes because we, we, we reached out to the community and that was really cool. But no, for my choices for Thanksgiving appetizers and sides, I got to go full. Full side on this one, just so everybody can see what I got lined up here. So for the appetizers and sides, I have pigs in the blanket, number one, because, well, it's either that or beanie weenies, which they're both fantastic. Uh, I don't even know what else to call the beanie weenies. I guess there's something, there's, there's a technical name for them, but they're beanie weenies in my mind. Um, that is, it's either that or pigs in the blanket. They all qualify as the same. Uh, number two being the cinnamon apple cream cheese ball that my mom used to make. She did it for a couple holidays and then stopped making it. The one that is actually in the picture has some caramel drizzled over it, which she never did, which, Mom, <laughs> can we try that eventually? Like, could that be an opportunity here? Uh, <laughs> you know, but we always had the club crackers or the graham crackers with the cinnamon apple one, so that was always delicious. And then for the appetite, or then the actual sides, mashed potatoes is my number one, hands down. Mashed potatoes all day long, whether it's garlic mash, regular mash, it didn't matter. It is mashed potatoes straight up and down. Uh, that is my number one side. For sure. Uh, but DJ, what about you, man? man I kind of want to combine both of our sides right now and just make that one place. It sounds pretty good. That actually, that, that a cinnamon roll. I never had that before. That looks, uh, that's pretty, looks pretty nice. You're just going to a little bite off of there for myself. Yeah, but, it was delicious. Yeah, that looks great. So mine's a little bit different, but I like all of yours as well, too. I'm going to start from the bottom, work my way up. Who doesn't love rolls? I mean, you slap a little butter on them, you slap a little whatever you like. Some people don't like butter, but I, I either way, the roll even by itself, fantastic. You put turkey in them, make turkey sandwiches. Perfectly versatile. You can do anything you want with them. Cornbread does not matter. Once again, you could have it anything. If there's gravy there, you could put it with gravy if you want. I just like the cornbread plain. It's it's pretty much 365 days a year. A great option. Then number one, pineapple habanero cream cheese dip that my that my family would make as well too. And we laid out there like basically be a block of cream cheese with some pineapple habanero sauce over the top of it. And you get some Ritz crackers or whatever you want. Dig into it, and we kind of laid out there almost as a trap because we knew. That somebody would overdo it and eat too much, and they wouldn't be able to eat as much during dinner time, which went more for me and the others as well too. So it was a secret trap that if you could control yourself, is fantastic. But you have to be careful because you can get lost in the sauce really easily. So those were some of the sides that I really loved, and 
I'm not even going to lie. Thanksgiving was my day where I put all of it together and pretty much everything got at least one little bit of ta one taste, if not multiple tastes as well to it. Those are my three favorite sides, but obviously mashed potatoes on there as well. too. you can't go wrong with mashed potatoes with salt, pepper, the, the milk, the butter, the potatoes, all the things that go into it that make it good. Yeah, look, I think we both had to make some sacrifices on our list based off the other person's list. So, like, you had rolls on there, and I love potato rolls. Our family does potato rolls every year, and they get them from Publix. Fantastic. Look, you just, if you guys have never tried potato rolls from Publix, strongly recommend it. Strongly, strongly recommend it. Uh, just, you know, we toss them in the oven for a little bit. Then, as you said, butter on top. First of all, who doesn't love butter on rolls? Like, what? Well, some people that just don't like butter in general, that maybe they use something else is what I'm saying. Like I'm giving, I'm, I'm encompassing everybody too. Or some people that don't want to have too much butter, they're th you know, you never know. Better better to encompass all. Because the rolls by themselves are good as well too. I mean, it's not like if someone turns down butter, they're blast they're making it blasphemous now. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, but we do have to talk about the stuffing dressing thing. Because, uh, okay, I, I like, I had never heard of dressing as dressing is like cooked in a pan. And obviously the difference between stuffing dressing, stuffing is inside the bird, dressing is cooked in a pan i never even knew people actually would just eat the super dry dressing thing until i moved down south i, like, I just refuse to accept it like in my life it is stuffing or stuffing like i don't dressing doesn't exist we did it was thanksgiving we did stuffing this was not up for debate it's and i'm thankful for that as well too because the one time i tried the dressing it was like it's okay but uh there's there's stuffing and then dressing somewhere down there as well there's levels to this yeah so okay with your stuffing dressing with green onions like chunks of green onions and celery or without? I like the celery. I don't really like the green onions as much. They don't bother me that much, but I would prefer without them. But the celery, I, I like. The, it's a subtle crunch. I can, I can work with celery. I, I love celery by itself, so celery in the stuffing is cool. Fair enough. And then in the dressing, and this is the only way I've been able to eat it, with or without bacon. Could you? Could, would you try it if it had bacon bits in it? Hmm. I'd probably give it a try because if it's just there presented to me, I'm going to eat it regardless. Like no matter what, if it is an option, I'm going to at least try it. So I definitely at least try it, even if it had bacon or not, just because if someone's inviting me over Thanksgiving and I'm there and it's available, I'm going to try everything. It is within my moral code as a human being, but I would prefer not to, but and bacon wouldn't change too much as far as my thoughts on it. But uh, it's get if it's at the table, it's still getting taken regardless. I mean, it's not getting turned down if it's presented. Yeah, I, I wish I could say the same thing about myself when I was growing up. I was a very picky eater, uh, which is surprising considering, you know, as I joke around, my credentials are in the waistline. Um, but, you know, it's I was a very picky eater. So there was a lot of stuff that I'd look at and be like, mm, no, nah, I'm good. But as I've grown up, I got a lot more adventurous uh, at the at the kitchen table. So like things like asparagus or bacon wrapped asparagus, I'd try and, and like, yeah, OK, it was good once, but then I wouldn't like kill myself for it every time like i wouldn't like hey i'm good now but no i'm not you know i'm not about to try it every single time um one of my uh, when i was visiting with my dad when i was growing up that it was i saw was really interesting and i haven't seen it since bacon wrap brussels sprouts that's an interesting which, one which is I, I, I when looking up some of the things that you can put into a poll for for appetizers evidently that's a very popular one hmm. never seen it other than the one time with, at, with with spending holidays with my dad and other than that i have not seen it at all I feel like bacon wrapped anything is just kind of everyone's kind of go-to for something. It's like, well, I don't know what to make. Let's just wrap something in bacon. And it'll be fine as well, too. So I, I think that's kind of everyone's cop-out. But never heard of bacon wrapped Brussels sprouts. Uh, I'm not saying no, but I'm not eagerly looking forward to it at the same time. I'm not a big Brussels sprout. I'm not sprouty for Brussels sprouts. Yeah, no, I, I feel you on that one. But that'll do it with our talk on appetizers and sides. And we really just did this just to get you ready for the main course, or in this case, the main event. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Presented by ColorCast. If you guys haven't checked out ColorCast yet, Go do so. We will be live tomorrow talking about Bills versus Saints at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So after the trip to fan wears off, you take your nap, you wake up, you watch some football on Sunday night with us. That's Bills versus Saints. Cannot wait for that game. That's going to be a very good one um, and and very interesting one to watch nonetheless. Uh, I know there's some injuries out there, but it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving games, you never know what's going to happen. Two teams that could really use a win. No Alvin Kamara. The Bills coming off a tough loss. The Saints kind of reeling a little bit. Definitely a curious to see what they have coming through, too, especially with that Saints defense. Even in their struggles, they don't like to mess around. And that Bills offense needs to get something going. So that should be quite the fun game. Oh, absolutely. Cannot wait. But so what we're talking about today, like we said, we're getting ready for the main event. Well, that means what have been some of the best performances we've ever seen in, in football on Thanksgiving? That's our main event because, really, that's what we show up for. The food is fantastic, but I don't think there's a single family that goes by that does not talk about football in some way, shape, or form on Thanksgiving. Whether they talk about, man, I hate that football is on TV for 18 hours every every Thanksgiving, or will you stop watching that football over there? Or for the rest of the families in the world, man, this is a really good game to watch. like Or something great to entertain yourself after the meal. We're just letting everything digest before you take your walk around the park. Or whatever you guys do. To say too. Why are the Lions on TV every darn year? Why is it always the Cowboys? Why are they here? They haven't won since. The, there's always a complaint as well, too, with who's playing. But it's either yes, football, no football. Or, eh, well, football. it's just mandatory to be on the TV. Even in basketball families, they'll put on the foot. They'll put it on the football in the background just because it's mandatory. Absolutely. But so that brings us to our main event then, DJ. Year three, best performances on Thanksgiving Day. And there have been some underratedly good ones as well, too, especially in recent years. It's just the opportunity to take a bite of that turkey leg on TV as well, too. I think that that gives everyone that little bit of extra juice as well, too. It's like, I want that free turkey leg. I know they're millionaires, but there's not, no one's no matter how rich you are, you're not turning down free food like that. I mean, it's hard to turn it down. You know, those networks, they put they know how to properly season and cook that turkey. They're not messing around and risking a dry turkey without salt and pepper mashed potatoes on the side. They're not letting that get put out there. So, you know, they're fighting hard for that turkey. So. I'm looking back at it, and I'm going to start with the very first one. 2004, Peyton Manning against the Lions. This was obviously the season in which he broke Dan Marino's passing touchdowns record. He had 49, breaking Dan Marino's 48. On this particular game, Peyton Manning, casual old sheriff himself, six touchdown passes. Six. That's a full hand plus one. Three of them to Marvin Harrison and three of them to Brandon Stokely. So a a few hat tricks there, and they absolutely blasted the Lions 41-9. to Peyton Manning put on absolute clinic. More touchdowns than incomplete passes. 23 of 28, as you see on the screen. Only 236 yards because not all they didn't have to throw for very far. They were just always in the end zone. They absolutely obliterated the lines. 41 to 9, and Peyton Manning just does a virtuoso season for him as well, too. A record that nobody thought would be broken. Little do we know it was going to be broken three more times, twice by Peyton himself. But we saw Peyton once again putting on the clinic, showing why he was so good that season and the six touchdowns. Really sticks out to me on such a big national stage, seeing him just absolutely put on a clinic through the air as he does so many times throughout his career. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, it's, that was one of those games you just look back at and you're like, I'm sorry, he did what? <laughs> did, what? What? Like, no, that just doesn't make sense. As you mentioned, the more, it, more, more touchdown passes than incompletions, unheard of, absolutely unheard of, uh, completely down the line. And 
then on top of that, let's not forget, this is when the Lions used to wear their fun uniforms, mm-hmm. where it was the all blue with the, the Honolulu blue with the silver numbers, no piping, and then the silver pants with no piping, and the all silver helmets. And that was what I remember that game for, because it was just a simple uniform for the Lions. And it's like, well, you look like a high school team. You play like a high school team. And Peyton Manning showed up. Well, hopefully that high school team shows up in those same high school uniforms on Thursday as well, too. They're playing against the Bears. So hopefully we can see a similar uniform as well, too. But that's going to take me to my second one, which is another guy that also destroyed the Lions. We're looking at 2010 Tom Brady. Once again, in a Tom Brady MVP season, casually walks out there Thanksgiving Day, four touchdowns, 341 yards, and a perfect passer rating of 158.3. Obviously, we had the sheriff on here. We got to throw on the goat as well, too. Went out there and put on an absolute clinic. Got everybody involved. I mean, Gronkowski got involved. You saw everybody. Everybody feasted a little bit. It was an absolutely sensational performance. They absolutely blasted him 45 to 24. And this was just Tom Brady in that MVP season continuing to go, continuing his performance. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he had 36 touchdowns, only four interceptions that season as well, too. One of the more underrated great seasons in recent history as well, too. And honestly, this was just kind of this is kind of when you're like, oh, yeah, this is a this is a different season for him because there wasn't a whole lot of. Nobody else really stood out in the MVP candidacy. This was one that you thought could have been a unanimous vote as well, too, because it was kind of Tom Brady's world, and we were all just living it, and we saw that in full form against the Lions. Yeah, and and again, you mentioned like, dude, that was another one that's on a uh, another performance that's leading to what is a fantastic season uh, down the road for 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 the player involved. I mean, in this case, Tom Brady, which no surprise, you got you referred to him as the goat. Um, I think he's he's slowly but surely convincing all of us that he is that dude, uh, whether or not we want to admit it or not. It's, it's like, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Like, y- y- you took it from us. It's crazy. That was 11 years ago as well, too. It's been a decade and some change since that point as well, too. What that's going to bring me to my third and final, which is a little bit farther back even as well, too. We're looking at a young rookie who came out to play on Thanksgiving Day. 1998 Randy Moss against the Cowboys, a casual only minuscule three catches, a whopping 163 yards and three touchdowns. So every time he touched the ball, he went into the end zone for north of 50 yards. If I'm not mistaken, the average is like 53 and a half or something or 54 and a half, something ridiculous like that, which is unheard of for even the most wily of receivers and let alone a rookie, not even maybe a three fourths of the way through a season against a team that, if you've heard the heard the rumors as well too, he thought he's going to the Cowboys. He talked about it a lot too. Like, hey, this is this is a team he thought he's going to. They said they're going to take him, and they pass on him. He always had a little bit of a vendetta against the Cowboys, and well, he definitely wasted absolutely no time taking it out on them. The establishing himself right away as arguably the best deep threat of all time, and it started right here on this Thanksgiving Day game as well. I fifty four and a half yards per catch. That's absolutely asinine. I don't think we could do that on Madden consistently if we wanted to, let alone even once. Yeah, no, not at all. Look, uh, 54.3 to be exact is, uh, yeah, the insane. I mean, still, like, uh, not to take away 0.02 from him, but like at this point in time, like, man, that is something unheard of. And on three catches, three catches for 163 yards, that's that's what makes Randy Moss go down in the history as being one of those dudes that you're just like, wow, that's next level. Like, we when we talk about Tyreek Hill, he's like, yeah, he's a great fast guy. He could do something like that, but he also can't do the things in between the numbers. Randy Moss was a guy like you see that that stat line. And you're like, wow, that's incredible. But then you see him the next game taking shots across the middle on 10 yard slants, 10 yard dig, like anything, anything and everything under the sun. And you're like, OK, that's a number one receiver. Like that's what made him so much different than any other receiver we've seen. Even I'd say even more so than Calvin Johnson, too. 
And the one thing you could do is he has the unlike most other fast guys, like you mentioned, Tyree kills the Deshaun Jackson, all those guys. He had the ability to say, screw it, Moss up there somewhere. Not out there somewhere, but literally up there standing at six foot four and having his ridiculous leaping ability. You just had to throw it up. You didn't have to throw it so he could run under it. You could underthrow him and you'd be in pretty good shape because he's gonna go up and above over just about anybody, especially in those Vikings days too, when he was in his absolute heyday. Unless you include the Patriot ones as heyday, tomato, tomato, either way. Like his two best better sense of his career. That it was absolutely a sensational performance, and that was just a glimpse of what was what, what to come. And I still remember looking. I was like, "Wait, what? That's not fair!" Like I tried to do this in NCAA when you create a player and try and win the Heisman. I couldn't do that as well too, because we know how easy it actually was in NCAA. Where by the end of your first year, you were able to do that to everybody. I still couldn't pull this off, no matter how hard I tried. They just yeah. kept pushing me aside, and I couldn't seem to get through. So I thought that was that was my three that really stuck out to me. There's some other ones as well too, and Kelsey, I'm sure you got a few as well before we get into some honorable mentions afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to start with, well, I guess I have to start with none other than Tony Romo uh, in 06. His performance that he put on against, well, guess who, the Lions, or sorry, the Bucks in this time. So, so many other than the Lions, but again, the Cowboys playing. And in their beautiful Navy and white uniforms with a white helmet, by the way, I have, must say, 22-29, 306 yards and five touchdowns with zero interceptions. And this being in, I believe, his first full season as a starter in 2006. And I, I don't think you can ask for a better performance in your first first ever full season of starting and yet your first ever Thanksgiving game against a Bucks team that wasn't a slouch by any means. This is 2006 Bucks. This wasn't like, you know, 2009, 2010 where they're just struggling. This was 2006 Bucks where they had a pretty good team out there. They, they threw, some, threw some weapons at you. They had some defensive weapons still. And, you know, he was out here just – just throwing darts, 22-29. This is really what made Tony Romo the new face of the America's team, if you will. People forget how good Tony Romo really was. And I obviously jumped in for Drew Bledsoe earlier that season, and then it was like, oh, well, he's kind of on thin ice. We'll see. Oh, he's kind of the fun young guy. Bill Parcells is going to bench him. By the end. I think at this point, everyone's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. This is our guy for what we expect to be the next 10 years, which it almost was to the years. Well, when Dak Prescott came in in 2016, but Tony Romo is that dude. People forget, like they look at him as the CBS guy now and kind of the, either you love him or you hate him or one way or the other, but he was absolutely sensational. I mean, he had Terrell Owens that year as well too. Terry Glenn, if I'm not mistaken, a young miles Austin and old reliable Jason Witten. They had a squad that year and they got to the playoffs because of Tony Romo as well. They only remember him for the botched field goal attempt, which this is why I guess they stopped letting quarterbacks do the hold the PAT in case they have to go in, I guess. I don't know what the reasoning is still, but I digress. But they forget how good Tony Romo really was. You look at the passing touchdowns in a season, Mark, uh, there's a lot of Tony Romo in there considering he only played, what was it, 10 seasons or so. So one of the underrated guys that come out of a small school. And yeah, I love this one. I love seeing it because I remember watching that. Everyone was still, the jury still out on Tony after this one. Like, so was Tony Romo the greatest quarterback in Cowboys history? They immediately jumped the gun and went straight to that just after this game alone because you know how it is after every Cowboys game. So I love this one seeing Tony Romo up there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is this is one of those ones. And everybody forgets also about Tony Romo. If it wasn't for injury, I mean, this guy probably has another five to ten years. We probably don't have a Dak Prescott moment yet. He's um, right now. He's probably throwing it up there to Amari Cooper or, well, or CeeDee Lamb. Or, well, maybe they won't get those guys if they sub Tony. But, like, tomato, tomato, regardless. Yeah, I mean, so this uh, – Tony was – Tony was that dude for for quite a few like I'd say out of his ten year tenure I'd say about seven of those ten years he could be that dude we talk about I mean fourth quarter comebacks was one of the best at him uh, you know under two minutes fourth quarter comeback one of the best at him and, and even watching it I, as a Cowboys fan I honestly can say I didn't respect him um, as much as I do now now I'm like I miss you guy can mm-hmm. you come back 
Could you just just one more year? Just just one. That's all. That's all I need. We but. talk a lot about the sidearms for Matthew Stafford, Patrick Holmes, and that goofy stuff. Now that was Tony Romo's generic release. Was that got kind of oh, kind of goofy sidearm, but like a little bit of windup. But he mastered it. And so it kind of gave him a weird little arc on his pass when he threw it down the field as well. Too may not have the the strongest arm, but he could he could Russell Wilson it before Russell Wilson could where it goes all the way up and it dips right back down like a rainbow. So Tony Romo, uh, real quickly before we get into your next one, Hall of Famer or not? I don't think he had longevity, and I think that's what's going to hold him back from that. Uh, I do wish that if he had longevity, that he would have he would get it. But I just think at the end of the day, longevity is going to play a part in his his not getting it. Do you think in just a ten year spurt, if you add another five years to that exact same pace, maybe? Oh yeah, at that exact pace, yeah. Hey. Uh, just because, like, look, his his the the two minute comebacks by themselves were record breaking. Mm-hmm. I mean. You, anytime I feel like you break a record in your career and you hold that record for a while, that you deserve some kind of plaudits for that. And whether that be Hall of Fame or at least a jersey in the Hall of Fame, something should come from that. But unfortunately, when you only play 10 years, you barely got you barely got to the point of getting retirement in the league Like at that point in time. So you, you, you I don't think you get, you get Hall of Fame nominations for that. Especially, and the injuries on top of it definitely didn't help as well, too. Well, Tony Romo, that's a fantastic one to start this off on. I'm curious to see how you follow that up with your next one, though, because that's a tough one to follow. Yeah, so I, I have a couple more, and then both great running backs in their own rights uh, during their times. And I'm going to go with 1979's Earl Campbell. And this one was a well of a game for Earl Campbell against, well, the Cowboys. Go figure. <laughs> but <laughs> this was supposed to be a Super Bowl preview that never really materialized. But the Battle of Texas, man, this has to be one of the best games that has ever been played on Thanksgiving. And. The Oilers barely beat the Cowboys in this one, 30 to 24. This was a back and forth game. And it was one that Earl Campbell, had it not been for his 195 yards, 33 carries, and two touchdown runs of 61 and 27 yards, there's no chance that this Oilers team is able to pull this one out. Uh, what I mean, honestly, one of the greatest performances ever by a running back, and literally only topped by one other one, which I'll get to a little bit later. But man, this was this was an incredible game. Uh, really, hands down, in my opinion one of the best performances by a running back. And then I, I don't think it comes close really with that. Look, 33 carries that doesn't happen nowadays. Like, What's up? What is it? What is it with this Oilers, Tennessee and their deep history of running backs getting an absolutely ridiculous workload? I mean, we see Derrick Henry, it goes back to Earl Campbell. There's an Eddie George in there. Like my goodness, they are li- the epitome of workhorses. Oh yeah. It's look, you throw them out there and you just let them run and you just watch them have fun. And that's, it's that simple. Like, when I talk about we, we do color cast games, I'm like, look, football is simple sometimes. You just let, let your dudes do your thing. This is what I'm talking about. Sometimes th- there's no point in making it harder than it needs to be. Just let Earl Campbell go out there and run. Let Derrick Henry go out there and ramble. You know, they'll, they'll make it. They'll make the yardage. Tony Dorsett, Emmett Smith, those guys, just let them go do the thing. Just put that ball in their hands and watch them go. And Earl Campbell was the guy that he was Derrick Henry before Derrick Henry. I think that's a perfect comparison. He didn't just dip his shoulder in people. He dipped his face into people. He's like, nah, you're not. Because back then when you led with your head because it was the hardest part of your body with the helmet as well, he went in their face first and basically ran through people as well. Like you could see the one bar on his face mask. That was there for a reason. The, the T-bar is there for a reason. That is a lineman's helmet that he turned into a fullback's helmet and a running back's helmet. You actually saw a lot of running backs wearing that helmet during that, that era. Like Bo Jackson wore that as well. Earl Campbell, obviously the two most notable. Herschel Walker wore that as well. And really it's because when they dropped their face into people, they didn't get get hit back in the face. Um, so that is one of those interesting aspects of that helmet. You know, you talk about running people over. They're not afraid to whatsoever. And that was 
again, Earl Campbell, man, one of the greats all time, and then a great performance on a fantastic day to do it. Like literally, all the lights are on you for Oilers franchise that hit and miss each year, but uh, that that year particularly, they did you know at least perform well, just not as well as they should have. Absolutely, as well too. Absolutely sensational job. But that brings us to your number one as well too, or your final one, I should say. And I feel like you're gonna stick with the same theme here. Yeah, look, I just said, uh, you know, there's been very few running back performances outside of Earl Campbell's that are just as great as Earl Campbell's was. Well, this one was, hands down, the best performance I think a running back has ever had on Thanksgiving, and that is O.J. Simpson in 1976 for this rowdy Buffalo, Buffalo Bills team. The juice was definitely loose in this game. 29 carries, 273 yards, two touchdowns against the Lions. Uh, I mean, you, look, there's not not very much you can say about that other than, wow, uh, 273 yards doesn't happen as a running back, and on 29 carries alone, you're averaging just shy of 10 yards a carry. I do believe that's about 8.4 yards a carry. Uh, absolutely insane numbers there from OJ. And again, this before all the other things with OJ, so uh, the performance on the field speaks for itself and uh, absolutely fantastic all around. I mean, this is... Uh, insane to think about and if i'm not mistaken at the time that was one of the three or four highest uh, rushing yards in a game as well too like i don't know if it was the record for most rushing yards in a game at the time but it's still up there in like that top three or four or five area as well too like it's still one of the best performances you're going to see individually and to do it on the biggest stage like that absolutely incredible and people forget how good he was as well too a heisman trophy winner out of usc and he goes into the buffalo bills and literally does not miss a step everything he did in college translated perfectly the stats are almost it looks like he just kind of did the exact same thing with a different colored uniform on. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, um, only six times in NFL history has somebody ever gone over 270 yards. And, as uh, you know, OJ owns two of them, um, <laughs> I believe. And, yeah, this one at 273 is still there as well um, in the top five. AJ Peterson holds the record at 296. And you want know a fun aspect of this game? All that great performance by OJ, all, these stat li- all this stat line right here. You want to know the best part? What's that? They lose the game. Ah, pain. <laughs> they lost to the Lions, twenty-seven to fourteen. Like, uh, what? With that kind, he accumulated for hundred percent of their points, probably more than eighty percent of the yards, and you lost by double-digit points. Like, whatever was going on with that passing game, they should have ran it with him forty-nine times, and they should not have attempted a pass even once. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. This has been ah, uh, I yeah, I I look at this, and I'm like, this is such a fantastic performance. It's hard not. I didn't want to put it in the list because. They lost, but I'm like, if I don't put a 273 yard performance in this list, I'm failing myself. Hmm. Like as a guy who loves great offensive line play, this was an exceptional version of great offensive line play to what, I mean, you, you, you don't just run for 273 yards by yourself. You get an offensive line that bowls people over for that. And he had exactly that. And look, yeah, the juice was loose, but then it got bottled up real quick after he stopped scoring. Absolutely as well too. And just a few honorable mentions. We only talked about a few that stuck out to us. There's of course, the all-time touchdown rusher on, on Thanksgiving Day in NFL history, Emmett Smith. He had a few pretty decent ones as well, too, including 2002, towards the end of his tenure with the Cowboys against Washington. Got 144 yards. Was, and then at that point, too, he tied for second all-time 100-yard games behind Walter Payton. And the Cowboys won that game as well, too. So as a Cowboys fan, something you know very well is how good Emmett Smith could, was as too. And just to see it towards the back end of his career, even still finding a way to get it done on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, hey, that's insane to think about i mean emmett smith we we just we just learned on tss fantasy by the way had holds the all-time records for uh for rushing touchdowns 
in Thanksgiving Day history, um, which you knew, of course, and I just thought I was going to be smarter than the average bear and go somebody else and, and not name Emmett Smith. And uh, I was wrong. So it was Emmett Smith. It, it was fine. But the, another one that stuck out to me as well, too, that I had a tough time not putting on my list was, of course, Barry Sanders. And this one in particular, 1997 against a fellow Thanksgiving Day regular, if you will, the Chicago Bears. He not he was one of his best ones he's ever had. 167 yards, three touchdowns. The Lions crushed them 55 to 20, which one was the last time you said the Lions crushed anybody. Like That's my point exactly. But the the sentimental part about this was, too, is Sanders moved into second on the all-time rushing list at that point. And then he retired at the end of the next at after the next season, still at number two. So this was kind of like his last big hoorah, if you will, too, and putting on a clinic against a division rival and moving himself into that number two spot. Absolutely. And that's a little sentimental place in the heart, as well as rushing, showing why he was that dude and why he's still a Hall of Famer, even with a shorter career, if you will. We talked about longevity. Barry Sanders was like the one anomalous, like, no, this doesn't apply. But did you see what he did on Thanksgiving? He is it. Yeah, no, hey, look, even 97 as well. 167 rushing yards, three touchdowns against the Bears. Um, Lions put up 500 almost total yards on the Bears, and you talk about not not long since they beat them, 55 to 20 in that game as well. So, yeah, uh, pretty pretty insane matchups that that Barry Sanders able to put out on Thanksgiving as well. So it's uh, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of these, and then uh, honestly, the ones we didn't talk about that I, I really want to discuss though, some of the worst games in uh, on these uh the, these performances and i'm gonna start with number one and, and this one is just so funny to me that i honestly i saw thought about it and it popped up on, on on twitter the other day uh but this was the anniversary of the butt fumble the oh. 10th anniversary of the butt fumble or well i'm sorry ninth anniversary of the butt fumble that happened on thanksgiving day you guys don't know what i'm talking about mark sanchez running running into the back of his offensive lineman and fumbles the ball and of all people vince wilfork picks it up <laughs> out of just everybody in the world like how lazy of a play can you get and yeah it was it was rough he was probably definitely the designated turkey for that one as well too if you will and i know we bought we talked about how we love turkey but uh we'll just we'll call him turkey as well too and honestly i don't know how to describe it too i mean that was just absolutely ridiculous and they joke mark sanchez still hears about that to this day as well too like even when he's doing nfl fox sunday greg olson the guys are making fun of him and he's like wait a minute oh man you got me again so unfortunately think that one uh doing on the big stage like that thanksgiving he's never been able to live it down and Probably never will. Yeah, no, not at all. And talk about a guy who's never going to be able to live something down. Uh, Leon, Leon's let down. Uh, oh. Leon let, obviously, <laughs> um, one of the biggest blunders in Super Bowl history. But that wasn't the only time he ever he ever messed up. Uh, Jimmy Johnson blocked Pete Soyanovich's game-winning field goal attempt. Let decided to try to pick up the ball, which was spiraling on the snow-covered Texas Stadium turf, which if you guys don't remember, Texas Stadium had the half roof in it. And let was unable to crowd the pigskin making a live ball and recovered by the Dolphins, Stoyanovich, with three seconds left, who then went on to make his second field goal attempt as the Dolphins left with a very improbable win. Uh, and, and look, that's just... I, Leon Lett, man. <laughs> Fantastic player, but at the same time, it's just like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, like, it, he's lucky that they have a couple of Super Bowls surrounding those blunders as well, too, including a blowout win in that one in the Super Bowl, and then this one especially, too, because otherwise those would be ones that would live in infamy with a little extra stink to him. But luckily he could be like, well, 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 and start clattering his rings on the table. What was that you said? And then able to able to flex on those as well, too. So a couple of, I guess we'll call them turkeys. I don't even know what I was describing. Do we call them dressings? Because that doesn't quite have the same ring to it as well. Like, it just a couple of not-so-great moments as well, and that one cost him that particular game, but luckily not the season. These are the uh, 
these are the gizzards of the uh Ooh. the Ooh. turkey day turkey day festivities for sure and the last one uh the reason that we have mics on the referees for the coin toss now <laughs> was the Jerome Bettis I said tells debacle uh going into overtime after for, after forcing the overtime with a last second field goal the still the Steelers Jerome Bettis calls tells on the coin flip and Phil Tuckett deemed that Bettis said heads and awarded the ball to the Lions. And while Bettis and the Steelers protested, the Lions, led by Charlie Batch, went and threw the ball to Herman Moore for 28 yards, set up Jason Hance's game-winning field goal as the Lions pulled off a 19-16 victory over Pittsburgh. And, I mean, can we talk about, like, this this ramifications of just saying heads versus tails, and now you need a mic on every single referee at this point in time. Uh, it's absolutely incredible that something so simple can be so misconstrued on one of the biggest games of the day. I guess it was a blessing in disguise considering we now the mics and we could hear everything at any point. So there's no confusion, but at the same time, it's like, why don't you just be like, so you said heads. So you said tails, like double check, confirming them. It seems so simple. Like we flip people flip coins every day, just decide what they're getting for dinner or if they're going to, if they're going to go out for dinner sort of thing too. And on the NFL stage, it takes, takes a jungle if you takes the whole it takes the what what's the word i'm looking for it takes the village to make to make it happen as well too as opposed to just heads heads okay cool not yeah. tails heads it's it's literally touchception but with the with the feel with the coin toss yeah and and you know it's 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 absolutely crazy though just like the silliness of that by the way also that is also that was also barry sanders's final game um and and as he final thanksgiving day game as he retired after the end of that season surprising pretty much everybody i think at that Absolutely. point in time Absolutely, as well, too. Could only imagine where he'd be if he was able to play a few more years, but never can't hate for somebody for getting out of the lines a little bit earlier than expected, a la Calvin Johnson, who also has had some, quite some good Thanksgiving Day games as well, too. I mean, him and Matthew Stafford in particular had one where they went absolutely ballistic in 2015 against the Eagles. I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, Johnson had three touchdowns and Stafford threw for north of 300 yards. Like, they, they're they not they're pretty regulars on Thanksgiving Day as well, too. They may not have the most decorated careers as far as winning goes, but uh, they showed up when it counted on Thanksgiving regardless. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. De- without a doubt. And, and this is the one thing about Thanksgiving. We don't know which player is going to show up tomorrow because that's the thing with, with Thanksgiving Day games. Right. Right. You know, like we don't know which players are going to be the ones that actually get the turkey late because nine times out of ten, it's not the number one player absolutely. that you'd expect. Like, absolutely. So I guess I thought it was kind of bring me to ask you as well. We'll go down by each game and give us a player you think could be underratedly good. We'll start with the Lions and the Bears. No Justin Fields and no Jared Goff. So this one has high quality, pristine NFL football written all over it. Oh, uh, what are you thinking for this one? Is somebody who could be your X Factor Turkey Leg winner? Man, that's that's tough. Um, but immediately, like I hear those names, and I'm like, well, okay, what about the running backs? And that's where I'm going to go. And that's uh, I'm going to say David Montgomery um, is is probably my my number one choice for the for the Bears. Um, honestly, as long as he's able to get blocking, I don't see why he shouldn't. Um, which also does mean Andy Dalton might have himself a fantastic game because, well, that's just what Andy Dalton does. Surprises people on the weirdest days ever. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go with the Lions player, considering you you're kind of hell bent on the Lions. They're going to win one of these, and our pickums. You have a Lions almost every other week, so I thought this was going to be the week you gave them a shot. I, you know what? I got a tie out of them, and I didn't lose a pick, so that was like that's the success for me. And now I'm done picking the Lions for as long as I can. So trying, you were going to pick with them until you get a win, but you'll settle for it. You know what? It, that's the that's what the Lions season will be. I'm going to look at if the Lions are going to pull this off. I think T.J. Hawkinson's a guy that could be a, a nice little X factor for him as well too, because. A backup young quarterback who's not used to winning. What's the easiest thing for him to do? Throw it to an elite top 10 tight end who has really long hair that you can't miss. It goes flying through the wind. It practically carries him. 
And for some reason, in ways that doesn't make sense to me, considering the Bears personnel, they struggle to guard tight ends this season, too. Tight ends have had no issues getting loose on them, so I could look for TJ Hawkinson. If the Lions are going to pull it off, he's going to be a key factor, or at least, you know, keep it close as well, too. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they kept it close to the Browns. Maybe they keep it close to the Bears. We'll have to wait and see. But it's a, it's a tough bet on that one. I'm not, I'm not going to bet either way, but Hawks a guy that I can see having a decent game. Yeah, yeah, no, that wouldn't surprise me at least. That hippie hair, he deserves some kind of celebration someday. It kind of looks like the back of a of a turkey's feathers, if you will. There we go. If he puts in a man bone, though, all bets are off, and I'm going somewhere else. Like if he puts in a man bone for that game. But I'll take us to the second game. The Cowboys taking on the Raiders, two teams that uh, could use a dub right about now on a short week for both of them. No Amari Cooper, obviously. CeeDee Lamb looks like he might play. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, And for the Raiders, a relatively decent, clean bill of health at this point. But both teams desperately need a win. Who's sticking out for you? Uh, so we went on intercepted lunch and they and and Marty asked me who needs to step up for the Cowboys on uh, to, to be able to win. And immediately my thought was obviously, you know, you can mention the receivers because, well, you don't know which receivers are going to be playing. CeeDee Lamb possibly coming back. You mentioned running backs, but that's still too simple. I'm looking at the guy who's going to be either blocking for the running backs or blocking for Dak Prescott. And that's Terrence Steele. Uh, you, you know, obviously him going against this this pass rush by Mad, Mad Max Crosby seeing what he's able to do and seeing if he's able to really protect anything. And I, I'll be honest and say, I, I hope he does. And if he's able to, I think he, can, he has a great opportunity to get himself one of those uh, beautiful turkey legs, if you will. Because Thanksgiving Day, all bets are off when it comes to linemen. Linemen can get turkey legs during Thanksgiving Day. Then they well deserve it. Zeke goes off for 200. I can see the whole offensive line getting a turkey leg as well, too. And he'll be definitely among those as well to get it and control. And you know, honestly, if he holds Mad Max Crosby from even getting pressures, give him two turkey legs. Like if you could somehow contain that man that no one else has been able to do, definitely give him the turkey legs. I'll look at the other side. And if the Raiders going to pull this one off, kind of just going to go with their easiest. The easiest one has got to be a Hunter Renfro show because Trayvon Diggs is really specialized in basically undercutting routes and kind of take playing gambler ball all or nothing. Hunter Renfro is the type of guy that could shake him on a quick out route and get open, or you can hit with an out and up because of how quickly he does it as well. All eyes are going to be on Darren Waller. Cowboys are probably going to pack the box to try and limit Josh Jacobs and see if they can get Derek Carr to throw that questionable up, just kind of throw it up all that he's been doing a lot in recent weeks. I can see Hunter Renfro being a guy that moves the chains, and that if they match up Trayvon Diggs one-on-one with him, I'm going to take the Hunter Renfro matchup all day. I know he's mostly an underneath guy, and Trayvon Diggs' is weakness getting beat over the top, but well, Hunter Renfro's route running might be able to shake him and get a little bit loose. So that's kind of who I'm looking at. If the Raiders are going to stand a chance in this game as well, too, considering they need a win probably more than the Cowboys, honestly. But the Cowboys are fighting for the, a better home field positioning where the Raiders are just trying to stay in it at this point. So give me Hunter Renfro to see if he can, if the Raiders are going to have a chance. He's going to have to break out a little bit. I like that. Look, I we're big fans of Hunter Renfro, obviously, here. Uh, you know, it's there's no question about it. We have not shied away from celebrating Hunter Renfro or, you know, my co-host, if you guys haven't figured that out by now. Somebody's got to do it. I mean, John Gruden le- left him on the sideline for the greater part of two seasons. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But look, he's he, third and Renfro is a thing. They hold up signs about it. Why not make it first and Renfro, second and Renfro, third and Renfro? You know what? If you get to fourth down, fourth and Renfro at this point in time, just throw him the ball. How about you go as Renfro goes? I mean, it's even yeah. simple. What, what you're doing right now is not working nearly as effectively as well, too. I mean, he caught your one touchdown against the Giants, then you quit throwing in the ball and you ended up losing. Like, couldn't hurt at this point like why not at this so that that'll take us into the third and final game of thanksgiving one that we will be on the color cast call for you'll be able to catch us at 8 15 go and watch the game join us comment drop your hot takes join along with us it'll be a fun ride as well the bills taking on the saints two teams that copy and paste previous segment desperately need a win the bills not even leading their division at this point who would have thought it by now and the cowboys and not the cowboys excuse me the saints 
starting the real little bit since the Jameis Winston injury. Who would have thought his underrated play going going very well missed? And since that Trevor Simeon led victory against the Bucks, uh, they've started falling apart. And no Alvin Kamara. So what are you looking at in this game for this? We'll start with the Saints. What who has to show up for them to possibly pull this one out with no AK forty one? Uh, Mark Ingram, uh, you <laughs> signed him, you brought him back, you, you you have all the faith in the world for him. Where's he been? The answer has been waiting for this exact moment because this man loves turkey legs. Have you never seen him on the sideline on Thanksgiving Day games? He loves himself some turkey legs. Um, and it is just his thing. He shows up during Thanksgiving games, Christmas game, or well, it's anything around Christmas and New Year's Day games. And that just stems back to his time in Alabama. And, you know, those are the those are the big games to play if you're in Alabama. So that's when you're going to show up. So that's what he does. And uh, look, he's going to he, he's got to step up if, if the Saints are going to have any any semblance of, of winning. You're not going to do what Jonathan Taylor just did to the Bills. That's not going to happen again. But you can at least take that replica that they they set out there and just try to try your closest to replicate it with Mark Ingram, which is going to be tough. But can it, it, it is it is doable. I'm going to throw one on that. If you want to try and replicate any part of what they did, I think Taysom Hill's a guy that could play a bit of a key role as well, too, because we hated it when you kept pulling out Drew Brees to put him in. It made no sense. You're taking out a Hall of Famer to put in a gadget player. Trevor Simeon's not Drew Brees. Though. I mean, like Trevor Simeon's, I mean, there's some limitations. I don't mind you pulling in him to throw in some Taysom Hill direct snaps. Like, that's that's different. I don't yeah. Taysom Hill's not going to light anyone up through the air, but uh, maybe him and Mark Ingram, a little read option action. Mark Ingram is very, very familiar with it from his time with the Ravens as well. If I'm not mistaken, he's the one who coined the phrase trust. So, I mean, yeah. he he knows a thing or two about it. So get those two back there in some action. Taysom Hill could roll out, flick at the Marquez Callaway. Just get the Bills defense thinking a little bit. The Colts had a lot of success. You mentioned a lot of the RPOs that ended up being ours, but the PO action was there to clear out the box. Uh, Taysom Hill's going to mess with some defenses. Get Tremaine Edmonds, get Matt Milano, get those guys looking a little bit, Micah Hyde rolling. Uh, bring him in there. See what he see a little more Taysom Hill than we're used to. Well, why not? You just gave him another weird extension that makes no sense. Why not? Fe- why not feature him some? Well, I mean, he, you know, it's still like what a an eighty percent non guaranteed contract at this point in time. It's team friendly, as they're going to call it as well, too. Cap saving. <laughs> but we talk a lot about the Saints. We're, we'll go and take a look at the Bills. We mentioned what Jonathan Taylor and the Colts did to them last week. It was not what anyone directly expected. Even those who picked the Colts, as you were one on our fourth and four picked them. I don't think that's quite how you envisioned as well, too. Coming off a Whoa. forty-one to fifteen smack, where they were the top ranked defense across the board, and uh, didn't look like it. So, what did they have to do to get back on the bill, if you will? Yeah, first of all, I thought Naeem Hines was going to play a bigger part in the game. Now, granted, he played a part in the game. Just, you know, there was just Jonathan Taylor's big part that he didn't <laughs> run into a brick wall every time, and that's what shocked me the most. He was the um, brick wall. Yeah, exactly. He was the moving brick wall at a high <laughs> high rate of speed. And that takes me to where I'm going to be looking at with his, with his defense for the Bills. Right up the middle. Give me Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips. What can they do to do anything? Uh, to slow down the, the the Saints because the big issue you, you mentioned Taysom Hill what what is he, what's he going to do if you're if you get to him right up the middle and on an RPO nothing he has literally no no options of what to do in that situation what is Mark Ingram going to do if you get to him right as soon as he gets gets the handoff in, in the middle of the field nothing he, that was his entire rookie career where he gained one yard every single time he would never gain more than one yard he literally averaged like one point two yards a, a, a carry in his rookie year because he scattered off one 20 yard gain and it's everything else was one yard. And you know, like he can't do any, this, this Saints team cannot do anything if you break them from the inside out. And honestly, that's the weakest part of their offensive line is in the center guard area. You're not going to get anything else from the tackles. Their tackles are still very good, but 
they can be got occasionally. But their center's guards, that's where you really need to need to go at them. And that's Harrison Phillips, Ed Oliver. I need to see I need to see something from them that I didn't see versus the Colts. Which would be any showing up whatsoever, basically making a play. <laughs> sure. that Trying to be a 300 pounder in the middle of the field. Sounds like a great option. Seems very easy as well to just get in the way. I, I like where your head's at with the trenches and I'm going to follow the same team. I'm going to get the Bills offensive line because uh, I know no Spencer Brown at the tack. The rookie tackles showed up a lot, but last week they didn't look too good. The Colts got after him a lot as well too. DeForest Buckner, Young Quiddy Pay, a lot. Dayo at Dangbo. They had a lot of guys getting into the backfield quite frequently as well too. And the Saints defense, uh, yeah, that's a Cameron Jordan over there. That's a Marcus Davenport. That's a Demario Davis. That's a Quan Alexander. Like they got some dogs in that front seven, and the secondary is just healthy compared to the Colts. I mean, like you look at Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams. Like they got some guys back there. So if I'm the Bills' offensive line, and you got to find a way to block block that front seven, even the Buccaneers have had struggles blocking. If you're the Bills with zero run game whatsoever, as we established, like it's Josh Allen running the ball at this point. They got to find a way to at least hold up and give Josh on a chance. So he's not backpedaling, holding the ball out like a loaf of bread the entire time. And so he could get the ball in his hands. Find guys like Stefan Diggs, find guys like Cole Beasley underneath Gabriel Davis. Like you got to give him some time to find those weapons. And that's a dangerous front seven coming to town when you're coming off probably your worst performance as an offensive line since week one. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do. Um, but that'll do it for our main event, which leads us into crunch time presented by Swift lifestyles. If you guys haven't checked out Swift lifestyles, Head on over to the link in our bio. They are actually starting their Black Friday sales right now. So go check that out. It's like 40% off of everything right now in their store. So go check it out. And if I'm wrong and it's not right now, then it's within the next 20 minutes. I can guarantee you that. According to the email I just got sent, it is very soon that they'll be there. But if you guys haven't checked out Swift Lifestyles, go do so. DJ, you always talk about when you take it. You don't get the jitters. You don't get that weird, awful feeling for most pre-workouts. So that's always something to keep in mind. Absolutely as well, too. And you can still drop that high low sports code in there as well, too. Get yourself a little bit of extra something, something as well, too. Why not? You're practically getting it like 45.5% off, or however they do the math as well, too, because it won't be directly 50 as we'd hope. But you'll get a nice, you'll get a good chance to give it a jump start as well, too. And maybe we'll have enough people to click use our look code. We'll be able to design our own flavor as well. And you know, we got good taste because we put salt and pepper in the mashed potatoes as we've established throughout today. So you know that that whatever flavor choice they give us, it'll be the right one. So definitely worth trying it out. It's the holiday season. You got your New Year's resolutions coming up too, and you know all, some of you are going to say, I will get into the gym January 1st. You have it written on your calendar as you do every single time of the year, so you might as well at least have a little bit of clean energy while you do it. Yeah, well, look, I, I, let's not fool ourselves into thinking I ever have that written down on my calendar. I threw that you know, New Year's resolution away, but a lot of people do still, <laughs> and I, I applaud you for still having the, uh, the mental wherewithal to keep trying, but I know where I stand. I put it for February 1st. Hopefully, you know, I, I might eventually get around to it. You know what? It's 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 all good. I mean, it's long as, as long as we're all cognizant as well too. But crunch time, a properly named segment, because we're gonna talk about some crunching, if you will. We talked about our favorite sides earlier. We're gonna finish it off with some of our favorite desserts for Thanksgiving. And Kelsey, your credentials speak for themselves. I'm gonna let you start start us off with this one. Well, if you can't tell from the images next to my <laughs> face right now, seems to be a whole lot of pie. Wait, hold on. Sorry, wrong hand. Whole lot of pie. There we go. <laughs> and it's exactly right. Starting it out, we have the double layer pumpkin pie, which is just fantastic. If you guys need the recipe, head on over to Kraft Foods and check it out there for the recipe. As much as my mom tried to convince me it was a family secret when she first made it, yeah, I learned the lesson. She started sending me the Kraft recipe, and that's when I was like, oh, okay, here it is. So, uh, you know, congratulations, mom. You fooled me for a year, but but never, not not beyond that. She got tired of making it for me, so she said I could make it myself. Um which I have, and it's fantastic. <laughs> Next up, not just any apple pie, 
but the Dutch apple pie with a crumble top on it, something about it just tastes so much better with that crumble top on there. You get ice cream on it, nice and warm. And it's like, oh, a little bit of whipped cream on top of the ice cream. Like, it's my mouth's watering just talking about it. It's so good. And then last but not least, and this one is one that has recently grown on me that I must admit that I was not attuned to the first time around in my life. Uh, that is sweet potato pie with whipped cream, not the marshmallows. The marshmallows just make it too sweet. Um, but I got to be honest, there's a, there's, there's a level to it. I can't have the super sweet sweet potato pies like some people will make it, like they do with pecan pie. I can't go that far. Like I have to have the savory sweet potato pie. Those are the best ones that I enjoy. For sure. So <laughs> Sorry, I had to wipe off some of the drool from all of that they were talking about. My goodness, that's all oh, that sounds absolutely wonderful. I do want to mention too, your mom did comment too. She can't she does have the cinnamon apple cheese ball recipe that she can send us. So uh yes, please and thank you. That sounds absolutely wonderful since we're talking about desserts and yum yums right now. Yeah, and I don't I don't know the onions are necessary in stuffing. I you know, mom, you keep saying that and I, I still disagree with you. Onion powder works just the same. You know what? For the for the cinnamon apple cheese ball, I will allow onions in the stuffing, the green onions in the stuffing too. I'm a little more lenient than you are in that regard, though. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. Like as long as it's not dressing, it's cool. Like we'll it'll be we work it out from there. Yeah. But we'll, we'll go and take a look at some of the desserts I have. Obviously, I like all of your desserts. Considering I just had to wipe the drool off of my face. We're gonna start with an old an old goodie, pumpkin pie. Any other time of the year, it's all right. But during Thanksgiving and Christmas time, it is sensational. It's fantastic. Some people like whipped cream. I actually like throwing a little bit of Greek vanilla Greek yogurt on it. Gives it a similar type of kick as well, too. That's one of my favorites as well. I think everybody loves actual pumpkin pie. And those who don't, well, I, we're not going to get into that. We don't have time for that. Next up, cheesecake. And not just any cheesecake. The Oreo cheesecake with the little bits crumbled on top as well, too. You can kind of see it right here to my – that way. There we go. You can see what I'm talking about where you get the, the soft, nice flavor of the cheesecake and then the crunch of the broken up Oreo bits on top of it as well. It's an absolutely sweet, sensational way to end the, th the wonderful Thanksgiving. Then the last one is one that it's hard to describe because it was something that was made by my family. It's a homemade peanut butter cream pie. Basically, it was it had the similar texture like whipped cream, but in a crust, and it had a peanut butter flavoring, and it was absolutely great. You'd make those and just give basically everybody their own pie, and it'd be considered like a Christmas gift. And I would get yelled at from my parents because I would also eat theirs as well, too. If they left any leftovers in the fridge, once it struck 12.01, that meant it was free game, and I had no problem eating all of their pies as well, too. So those are the ones that stuck out to me. I, I Obviously, we all love pie here. If that was not very clear, to, we all types of pie for up, down, sweet potatoes, one of the great ones as well. Banana pudding is an option as well. There's desserts. You're speaking our language now. Like, this is our human language, our love language, our happy language, our everything but sad. Look, this is the this is the look of my face. This is the only time I crack smiles is when we're talking about food and dessert. Like, <laughs> sign me up for all that, and I don't know where... I can find something close to the peanut butter cream pie you just mentioned, but uh, yeah, if uh, they want to send a recipe or send send, uh, look, if you can you can package it in some dried ice. We we figure out something. We'll we'll drive them. I'll drive to Montana to pick it up. I don't know. I'll, I'll send some money for the dry ice or something like that. Just send us a just send us the Brinks truck full of them as well too. Jalen Ramsey gonna get a Brinks truck full of money. I just need a Brinks truck full of pie. Like it's a risk I'm willing. Yeah, just an ice cream truck will be fine. Like, you know what, it, it doesn't even have to be, it could be like a FedEx speed sprinter van, if anything else. Actually, like we don't you know, my, my, my parents are long haul truck drivers. They can, I, we'll set it, we'll set up a load with them. Just like, you know what, you guys need to, to bring this all the way here in the refrigerated unit. And uh, there's just no choice about it. Absolutely. Well, this has been quite the fun episode as well, too. We hope all of you have enjoyed it. Let's check in with us, whether it's on Thanksgiving, you're listening to the live stream, or even afterwards as well, too. And hopefully you had a very great holiday time with your family and friends. And hopefully if you do any Black Friday shopping, you stay safe out there. We know it can get a little bit rowdy. And if you're waiting for Cyber Monday, 
kudos to you because I'm doing the same as well too to even bother looking at that point as well. Well, I'm thankful to have this podcast and thankful for all of you who tuned in. And once again, Kelsey, it's always a pleasure. Oh man, this is fantastic. 102 episodes worth of this, uh, and we've all done way more than than that have even shown up, just because there was so many episodes we we scrapped at the beginning, just because of whatever reason, uh, just not being ready or whatever excuse we came up with or I came up with to not not air it. That's probably the way it goes. But man, it's, it's been been absolutely fantastic. Been a been a thankful for the last two and a half, almost three years to be able to do this, and hopefully a whole lot more to come. Uh, so guys, that does it for us as always, and. Hopefully you guys stay safe. Have an absolutely fantastic Thanksgiving with your family. Until next time, we will see you later. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.